Wait. Is this going to be another episode where I talk about ice cream uh, related popsicles with... Uh... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Influenza. Hey everyone, you're listening to Influenza. I'm Sean Edison and I am joined as always Alex by... Alex here. Okay. I am ready for this episode. Fast. Speed. <laughs> Gotta go speed. fast. Speed. I am speed. Uh, That's cars. <laughs> if you haven't gathered, we are talking about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on this episode. And this is... God, this is such an interesting topic. Um, and uh, it, it, there's so much happening in the history of Sonic. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by Nintendo. Who is... Nah. Nicely replacing your broken switch to or repairing it. Shout out to Nintendo for doing that. That's actually the nice plug. Yeah. Shout out to Nintendo for uh, fixing his switch bending from overheating. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywho, we're not talking about Nintendo. We're talking about uh, one of their early competitors uh, and their mascot, Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, if you know, if you listened to us before, you know that we talk about the influences that went into um, pieces of pop culture and the things they would go on to influence. Uh, and so, yeah, so that, you know, that sense of our format, which is just we talk about the influences and then the things they would go on to affect, um, so on and so forth. Uh, but first, we start with a brief history on the topic. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog started in 1991 with the release of the first game for the Sega Genesis. The game and character were created by Sega's Sonic Team Division, a group of employees led by Yuji Naka, Naoto Oshima, and uh, Hiokazu uh, Yasuhara. That last one, I, I can't get it out. <laughs> uh, they were tasked with creating a mascot for the company in the same vein as Nintendo's Mario. Sonic's creation success of his early games helped turn Sega into one of the, the leading video game companies of the 90s. The character is one of the most recognizable in all pop culture, and the franchise has continued to this day, spanning multiple games, comics, TV series, and an upcoming feature film starring Ben Schwartz as Sanic. And also, um, uh, film and TV's most unfortunate man, uh, what's-his-face? Jim uh, Carrey? <laughs> no, um, the Westworld, uh, Teddy. And... Ed Harris? No, Teddy. Ed Harris. <laughs> no, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, James, Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, James Marston? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember if that was him. Danny DeVito. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that dude dies or gets screwed over in almost every movie he's been in. Spoiler! <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that, that about covers the, the history. Uh, there's a lot going on, but, it, you know, that condenses it. Um, we really want to talk about our experience with it, too. Uh, do you want to go first? I, I think I probably have a bigger experience with the character. So when I was young, um, this was during the time of N64. It's going to sound weird. Yeah. Uh, but my cousin had uh, Sega Genesis hiding away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took it out one day, and she had a copy of Sonic 2. Uh, I didn't play it. Um, I didn't get reintroduced into, uh, but it was like, always in, in the zeitgeist. It was always there in the ether that I knew about Sonic. It wasn't until, um, the, the, once Sega folded that I finally got into Sega, into Sonic games. And it was, I think my, another cousin got Sonic Adventure 2. And then I got my first Sonic game, which was the, uh, Sonic Mega Collection. So I was able to discover all the Sonics all the times. Yeah. All the emeralds. <laughs> all the aminals. <coughs> um, my my experience is actually a little strange. I, 
My first like exposure to the character was actually the um, Sonic Saturday Morning cartoon, mm. um, like pr- colloquially known as Sonic Sat-A-M. Um, Sat-A-M. And, uh, and I used to rent that from Blockbuster like mm. every fucking week. Like I loved that show so much. It's because, like me and Aqua Team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that led me into the comics. Um, and I read a lot of the comics starting with like the issue they introduced, Mina the Mongoose, which is a real character. Um from then on i basically got the the comic every week and then i kind of fell off at a certain point but in between discovering the cartoon and restarting to read the comic i read uh i mean i i played i think my first like official sonic game i owned was sonic adventure 2 battle the um sonic adventure 2 port to gamecube as most of us did that's yeah. the thing I've, I've talked to many friends about like before going to this most episode, people know it from gamecube that's yeah. how we all got introduced a yeah. lot of like my people my age our age actually yes yeah. It's literally Sonic Adventure 2. Battle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I eventually played the Sonic Adventure Director's Cut and then the Sonic Mega Collection for GameCube mm-hmm. as well. Um, going on, you know, I, I, I bought more or less all of the games that came out for 3D platformers and then a couple of the... Um, I think I stopped. I got Sonic Advance 1 and 2 and then I also got um, Sonic Rush, I think is the first DS one they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think for me, like, I remember stopping at Heroes. I didn't, I didn't care for Shadow. Yeah. Um, the Hedgehog, and I. Uh, Sonic Heroes was actually like a like. Uh, the, in, in the in the grand scheme of things of what's happened since. Yeah. It's a better one. Oh, like the but just it's the one I'll be like, wow, they tried something new and they still kept like a fast pace. Like no character felt slower. You know, what I mean? like like. Sonic games have that a lot, a lot of trouble of like putting obstacles in your way when the whole thing is about yeah, being yeah, fast. Yeah. But Sonic Heroes is like, well, yeah, but like the point is like you'll go fast for a segment because yeah. that's the speed segment. I think I also had Sonic yeah. Advance three. Yeah, I might have had that too. I might have I, had all three. Also, one of the ones that I remember, one of my favorite. Oh, I, had, I got Sonic uh, Sonic the Hedgehog four, which was like the one they were trying to release, and they only right. released like one of the episodes. Two episodes. Yeah, yeah. When they were trying Two to do the three, three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And then um, what's called? So I also had like a Sonic Battle. I don't know. Oh, Sonic Battle's great. For the Advance. Yeah, yeah. Remember the, that the one? Art, I love the art direction on oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I think I beat it, played it, beat it, played it, like, multiple times. Yeah. Uh, next to WarioWare, Mega Micro Games. Like, that was the one on the DS that I kept replaying. Yeah. And uh, I have Sonic Mania, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and I just borrowed it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that... That about covers it, uh, and then you know I I'm just a lover of the character in general. Um, I love you know the comics and the the, the shows that have come out, and you also like Julio White. <laughs> I still can't believe Urkel. Are we gonna Sonic. get to that? Yeah, we are. We'll, we'll get to that later. But um, okay, so Did that I do that that, <laughs> that covers our our own experience with it. Um, so the 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 influences are it just like everything about like i said this is super super interesting um so let's start with the first game uh and the development of the first game if you want to start with that right in 1990 sega wanted to make a game featuring a mascot for the company and since their current mascot at the time alex kidd was considered too close to mario so they wanted a better one yeah uh, i didn't know you were the mascot for uh for sega um <laughs> yes i changed my name because of it i had to i had to Mickey Mouse played a role in the character in the game's development, as well as the Sega president of the time uh, stated that he wanted a character as iconic as Disney's uh, trademark mouse. Sega's status also had some influence on the character, as they hadn't put out any blockbuster games. They knew their limited success would not be enough to compete with Nintendo, especially with the release of Super Mario Bros. 3, a smash hit game. From, from this, we could easily see that competing with Nintendo was a big inspiration for creating Sonic. 
In fact, before the game was called Sonic, and before the team was called Sonic Team, the project was given the codename Defeat Mario. Defeat Mario. <laughs> Defeat Mario. <laughs> they have one mission. <laughs> to go to the Olympics with Mario. <laughs> Um, limitations of the technology at the time also shaped the game and the character, um, again, in very interesting influence. Um, early on, it was decided that speed would be the main focus of the game. Speed. Um, so Sega cycled through various animals to make the main, uh, to make the main character, um, initially choosing rabbit, because, you know, rabbits are very speedy, um, and, uh, they wanted the rabbit's ears to be able to grab objects and throw them at enemies, um, as attacks. But this mechanic also was, like, hard for the software and the hardware and, like, it would also slow down the flow of game if you were running, 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 stop, pick up thing with your ear, throw it. Yeah. Um, so they opted to have the uh, the character roll up into a ball and attack things and like jump at things and hit them as a ball. So they narrowed down their choices of uh, animals, uh, fa- like animals that could roll into balls, and it was an armadillo and a hedgehog. Um, an armadillo would eventually become uh, uh, would eventually become mighty mighty the armadillo, but a hedgehog was ultimately chosen. Um, yeah, and uh, they wanted they they chose him because uh, he had spikes, and that seemed a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more edgy. Because a yeah. lot of this was about like making things a little bit cooler, a little bit more '90s in like in you know infused version of Mario. Yeah, 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 yeah. that I, that would make sense. It's, yeah, it's people saw like this that. That could be an on. influence on its own. Is is being the antithesis of family friendly Mario? You know. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about creating the characters specifically. Let's start with Sonic. In coming up with the concept and design of Sonic, now it's Oshima who proposed the the hedgehog. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so so uh, now to Oshima uh, uh, proposed was the one who proposed the hedgehog, and like I said, his idea uh, ultimately was the one that was chosen. Yeah. So it was him that he that he was inspired by Sega's desire to have a game and mascot that would become popular in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, as such, Oshima uh, influenced by two American mascots, Felix the Cat and Mickey the Mouse. Mickey the Mouse. Mickey the Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, uh, who also influenced the idea of a mascot for Sega. My favorite American cartoon is Mickey, Mickey the, the Mouse. Mouse. God, our Russian viewers are not happy. Uh, we have Russian viewers, sure. Yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> Granted, Oshima uh, openly admitted that he combined Felix's head with Mickey Mouse's body to come up with Sonic. You totally Sonic's see it too. Design. Yeah. And like, except he erased the the line that separates his eyeballs. <laughs> Um, what a wonderful world. Uh, part of the reason that Sonic was chosen amongst other designs and ideas was because uh, Oshima uh, brought various sketches to New York. He like he went uh, on vacation in New York, walked up to, into Central Park and just went up to strangers and said, hey, which one of these characters do you like better? And almost always Sonic was the one that they chose. <laughs> That's I such know. a bizarre thing. I like, know. Look at my art. So, so American like Central Park goers, some of whom might, ne- might could possibly be dead right now. <laughs> I don't know why I bring that up, but <laughs> random, random, Sonic, random, all of them ended up being on random SNL. city goers in Central Park played a part in deciding Sonic, like as the character. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Additionally, though, Sonic's shoes were inspired by Michael Jackson and, strangely enough, Santa Claus. Uh, his shoes have straps on them, like Michael Jackson's boots, and uh, on the cover of Bad. And the red and white color scheme was uh, derived from Santa Claus, whom Oshima saw as quote the most famous character in the world he kind of has a point at the time at least yeah, yeah at the time um correct me if i'm wrong isn't like mickey mouse like now considered the most famous character in the it's it literally goes like mickey mouse jesus superman <laughs> probably superman god. before jesus god um, bless yeah superman bless um 
Uh, and then when they were coming up with the the personality for Sonic, uh, you, you get like a really strange influence, which is um, Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's the yeah, one yeah. that always like they just liked his like I was super compu- confused. By they kind of liked his like kind of uh, can do attitude. His like he he would get the job done, but he'd kind of be like a smarmy ass about it. You know, I guess so. That's yeah. interesting. You, you kind of see yeah. it because uh, this was the time when he was running too, and when he was running, he was like he was just like a like just the coolest dude mm. he was selling himself as kind of a cool dude while he was running like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so uh yeah so they're just like they like the idea of the, this character being like very cheeky and sarcastic but still be- being very like altruistic yeah and heroic that makes sense yeah, yeah. yeah um and then for the character of dr eggman slash dr robotnik well that's sonic's nemesis dr eggman <laughs> dr robotnik in the in america there's a funny story behind that. But, in America. Yeah. Um, also has some interesting influences in his development. Despite ending up as Sonic's arch ne- enemy, Dr. Eggman was initially one of the characters uh, the team proposed to be Sonic's new mascot. Um, Robotnik's original design appears to to look a bit like Mario, perhaps in an attempt to compete with Nintendo. However, this is mostly the result of the fact that the character's design is based on the appearance of uh, Theodore Roosevelt. You know, the president. One of the presidents. The, the president. president. <laughs> The one that we have teddy bears because of. Yeah. Yeah. The um, one that Robin Williams played. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, the character was initially designed to be simply Teddy Roosevelt wearing pajamas when he was pitched as the protagonist. That art is so adorable if you've seen it. It's so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> adorable. Uh, when it was decided to be that he was going to be the game's villain, they altered the design, basing him on Humpty Dumpty by giving him an egg-shaped body and similar attire, resulting in his name Dr. Eggman. The idea to make him a scientist and a builder of machines was inspired by growing debate of the time between the idea of develop of developers and environmentalists. Very, like, 90s kind of uh, debate, like, in politics, just about, like... Yeah, that's, yeah. it's an ongoing It's thing, an ongoing so, thing, yeah. but I think it really spiked uh, during a certain point in yeah. history. Yeah. And uh, Eggman's ser- serving as the developer, invading and destroying Sonic's environment. Yeah. Um, so, for the game design itself, uh, they had their mascot and their villain... Uh, set right uh so uh they sought the help of uh, a very like prominent programmer of the time yuji naka um and naka was a huge fan of super mario brothers um so the platforming basics that you get from that game are definitely in sonic like it's got a lot of that just very basic like keep things simple just go from point a point b yeah yeah and and specifically in that he also loved the simplicity of um being able to use just the directional pad and just one button to play the entire game and that's mostly true i think except um for the second game, they introduced the spin dash, which is you have to go down and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, he wanted um, like I said, he was a big Super Mario Brothers fan, but he wanted something faster. Um, because I remember the story behind that. It's literally he would he would be a spe- he was not a speedrunner, but he would like try to like beat his record yeah. constantly in World One One of Mario. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's kind of before speedrunning was a thing, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, he um naka was also uh was like chosen because of like they were impressed by his work for um on porting uh ghouls and uh ghouls and Go- yeah ghouls and ghosts sorry ghouls and ghosts from an arcade to um the the sega genesis and um that's like a notoriously slow slow game like yeah uh isn't it like sir something what's what's the character's name is it sir arthur i think it's sir arthur i'm not anyway, entirely sure the, the character moves so goddamn slow so he's just like i like it it's so easy to see like how that like influenced to be like no something faster please yeah. like um and so yeah so we wanted to make more like a faster mario kind of yeah. game 
Uh, then let's go back to uh, Naoto Oshima. Uh, he designed all the levels by hand and his designs were inspired by pinball machines with various flippers and bumpers and direction uh, changes that worked well with Sonic's ability to turn into a ball. That's super interesting to me. Like, and, and I didn't know that. Like, you could kind of see it, but like, I didn't know that when I read that and when I was re- researching that and I put it all together, like, oh my God, almost every Sonic level looks like like an extended pinball game. Oh no! You know? Once you actually see the maps of it, how it looks. Oh yeah, it's incredible. And if, you, and if you like, basically like folded those maps into like you know the space of a pinball game, it looked just like one. My favorite thing about that was always the fact that um, it was uh, you know it, it was going. If you were really good at the game, you could take the high ground. Mm-hmm. Like you, could all, if you were that good, you can just like go on the high ground and just make it super fast. Yeah. If you were a beginner, you would always somehow end up in the lower tier and just. Yeah. You, you'd face, you know, spikes, some like, creatures there, but it was the slower, safer path. Yeah. Um, so, the game's color palette was inspired by Japanese pop artist Aizen Suzuki, and additionally, the aesthetics of Green Hill Zone were influenced by California's geography, and the checkered patterns on the ground and structures were based on early computer 3D image uh, rendering and other pop art of the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, that's, uh, like, any graphics you can, like, think of of the late 80s, early 90s, you can kind of see it in Green Hill Zone. It definitely screams that. Like, um, certain flowers are, like, triangular in shape and yeah. very geometric. Everything's just very geometric, and then, like, the trees are kind of 3D rendered, sort of, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... And then the music, a uh, quick note about the music. The music was composed by Masato. Okay. <laughs> not the early ones. Oh, okay. We're not there yet. We're, we're... Sadly, we're not there yet. Um, no, the, the music was composed by by, uh, Masa, by Masato Nakamura, uh, who took inspiration from the game's co- uh, concept art. You know, usual stuff when, when somebody's composing a game. They just get inspired by what the game is about. And stuff right, like right. Let's go to Sonic 2. With the success of the first game, Sega and Sonic Team set about making a sequel. Sonic 2 introduced Sonic's best friend and sidekick, Miles Tails Per Hour. I wouldn't call him a best friend. I would call him more like a like a, a little babysitter. Brother. I don't know. <laughs> like, Sonic's just a babysitter at this point. Tails, a fox of two tails, was inspired by Japanese folklore surrounding kitsunes, tricksters, fox spirits with multiple tails. Tails' real name is a pun on Miles Per Hour. Miles Per Hour. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to differentiate I, it when you're saying it. I think it that's loud, the first yeah. time where I'm just like playing a Sonic game like, oh no, puns. <laughs> I can hear you from far, like from a di- distant city. Oh my God, Miles Prime. Yeah. Um, it's, okay, so however, Son- Sega of America had some issues with the name and due to the fact that they played a bigger role in the sequel's development, they had some influence on the character's creation. As a result, the compromise was made. Uh, the character's full name would be Miles Prower, but he'd be known as Tails. Which, I, I mean, it's one of the few things where you're just like, I, I understand why Japan was kind of like wary of Nintendo, of Ameri- uh, or sorry, um, Sega of America being involved in the sequel's development. But at the same time, it's just like America has so much more like, like has so much more clout in advertising and marketing that right. like if, if they had not gone with Tails, the character would not be as popular. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Sonic Two was created along the same because t- Sonic Two was created by uh, Sega of America, right? No, it, it, by- it's it's still Japan. But... Is it three that was in, uh, Sega of America? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure, but because it- one of them did it, and Japan was working on Sonic CD. Oh yeah, I think so. I'm not. Anyway, um, I, I actually didn't put anything about Sonic CD. I totally forgot about it. Um, it it's it's a fun game. Yeah, it, it's mostly a remix though. Yeah, yeah. Anywho. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like it, it's just, it's, it's one of those points where just like, you know what? America kind of has like a lot more advertising as part of its like culture and pop culture mm-hmm. that like, it, I'm glad they were kind of there to say like, no, call him tails. That's cuter. That's more like, 
it's you know it's like why would you you'd like a character called um sonic because he doesn't have like a regular name yeah he, and so you wouldn't like a character named miles you yeah, know and here's the thing a lot of kids have like some speech impediments miles prower is like such a weird thing to say it's like, yeah miles Prower. yeah but t- tails is just like tails. again it, it's a very yeah, kids friendly yeah. name it, it's just like again i i don't want to say it's all america kind of on that but I, I think just like their input there was like kind of what saved the character yeah. And also, Tails is the, the, the last part of a body part if you're an animal, and it's a slow thing that's right behind you. Oh, that's cute. I always thought, like, <laughs> that was my whole own headcanon, like, yeah. you know, that was my thing. Um, so, uh, Sonic 2 also introduced uh, Supersonic, uh, a golden version of Sonic powered by the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, Sonic's appearance as Supersonic is very clearly an homage to Super Saiyans from Dragon Ball Z, which... It, it, uh, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not sure if that was actually in the anime at that time. I think it was still only in. No, it, it probably would have been just premiering at the time of the creation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, maybe. so um, it, it's super obvious. Uh, like at first, it was just like I don't know. Maybe we 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 you know we based off that, and then at a certain point, they kind of admitted that they totally like based off Super Saiyan. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's actually interesting enough uh, because I couldn't really find anywhere else to put this in our notes. Um, there's another aspect of the Sonic franchise that was influenced by Dragon Ball Z, Silver the Hedgehog, who was introduced in Sonic 06, uh, the the dreaded Sonic 06 or the the hated Sonic 06. Um, Shiro uh, Maiko uh, Ma- mentioned that uh, he was uh, based on Future Trunks because they both come from like this alternate dark future timeline where they and they have to go back in time to try and fix yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he was actually the, um, uh, Eric Vale was actually considered for the part before they cast the guy, the dude who ended up voicing him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but don't quote me on that. I quoted it already. It's, it's in the, it's <laughs> all right, in so the let's get into the other forms. games in the series. Uh, all right. So uh, let's start with, uh, Sonic 3D Blast. Two games served as inspiration for the franchise first foray into 3D, Super Mario RPG, and the previous Sonic game, Sonic Labyrinth. These games incorporated in an isometric viewpoint, uh, and then the item collection was influenced by Sega's 1984 Flicky game. Was it 84? Yeah. It's one of the very early games, and the Flicky character ended up, like, making it into their other games. Yeah. Uh, and the graphics were inspired by Donkey Kong Country, and it can be seen in the pre-rendered approach to the game. Yeah. Um, and then there's Sonic Adventure. It's I know that's a big kind of skip ahead between uh, Sonic's first 3D game and then Sonic's, like, more significant 3D game. Or what? What's the one that was going to be for the Saturn uh, Sonic yeah. Extreme, I think. And that's the one that like many people are like, oh, that's where Mario Galaxy is from. Because uh, it has that weird ice, like... Oh, maybe. Yeah. Anywho, um, I, I should have written that down, I guess. Um, but, you know, you, you, listeners, it's usually, like like we say, it's usually broad strokes and the stuff that interests us when we're doing our research, when I'm yeah. doing the research, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Ow. God, the train looks really good from down here, and the bus, too. Yeah. Train and the bus. Both of them. Hurts. You can't really throw somebody under a train. What the bits? What kind of train? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sonic Adventure. Uh, the game marked the debut of uh, Sonic's new design. Um, it it went from being weight. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> went from being the kind of little chubby, short version of him, the the the, the Felix the Cat, Mickey Mouse version, yeah, yeah. Um, to a taller, slimmer version with uh, longer spikes uh, that kind of drooped a bit more. He was a little bit, um, you know, longer legs, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, the designer of Sonic's new look, Yuji uh, uh, Ukawa, Ukawa uh, drew inspiration from the animation of Disney and the characters' uh, designs of Looney Tunes. Yeah, and, no, and his body has, very, has a very, very Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like that, that kind of like 
it's hard to describe the way that Bugs Bunny's like torso is built, but it's like yeah. a, it's like a it's a bean almost, but yeah. with like a circle at the top. A second yeah. bean reference. Yeah, that I've seen this podcast. <laughs> Um, the game features a lot of interesting locations and level design, and the team uh, behind it drew inspiration from parts of Peru and Guatemala. Right. Um, specifically, the two biggest influences were the Tikal Ruin in Guatemala, which they named the, uh, the character Tikal after, mm-hmm. and uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. And both of those you can see like direct like yeah. recreations in the game. Um, Peru, Peru also played a part in the level where uh, Tail sandboards, as the developers were inspired by real-life sandboarders in uh, Ica, Peru. Right. No, I can totally see that now. It's oh God, it's been so long since I played because I rented I know, that from Blockbuster. I remember I, loving that game too, you know. Yeah, and then learning later in life that I shouldn't love that game. Yeah, but uh, again, especially like, the version that we played. To, to go off on a bit of a tangent, yeah, yeah. To, to, to go off on a bit of a tangent, just like the the, the Sonic like adventure games, like nowadays they get a lot of flack for being like terrible, but it's like again, there's still some significance in the power that they had uh, for the kids who played them. Like kids, one hundred percent of those things despite them being, like, unplayable and terrible at times, you know? So it's, like, you can't really deny that. You're just glossing over the fact that you just love the Big the Cat levels, right? Oh, my God, no. Big, <laughs> fuck that. Froggy! <laughs> um, and then that leads us to Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, like the first Sonic Adventure, specific locations play a big part in the creation of the levels and world. Um, two big ones were San Francisco and the Yosemite National Park, the latter of which uh, the development team vacation and during the game's creation. They wanted the game to have more American feel than the previous Sonic Adventure, and these inspirations can be seen in levels like City Escape, which looks almost identical to San Francisco at parts, while they're rolling around at the speed of sound. Yeah. They have places to go. Gotta follow their own <laughs> goddamn rainbow. <laughs> um, I might have gotten that backwards. They might have been vacationing in San Francisco, but it, it doesn't really matter. But, it's all American. Um, yeah, so uh, th- this game introduced the character Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, he is obviously inspired by Sonic's design, as he's supposed to be, you know, a dark version of him, his, his dark counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea for a dark counterpart came from the dichotomy of good and evil, which was chosen to be the game's theme, like, very early on. Right. Yeah, yeah, because um, you, you play as both sides, which is yeah, very yeah. interesting. Uh, and also, again, kind of an interesting choice that you still don't really see that much in games, where you play as the villain and the hero. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I hate to keep saying that specific sentence. Um, was this the last Sega-produced game for the Dreamcast? Uh? I feel like it was, wasn't it? What do you mean Sega-produced? Like, like, like Sega-developed. Like, you know how there's ports for it, like... Because I think this is the last one. Um, maybe. I'm um, not sure. I, yeah, I was, I just. Couldn't... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 like the last one for the, yeah, it was, it, the Dreamcast was on its way out, I think, when Sonic Adventure was coming yeah, out. Yeah, and that was the last game Sega itself was working on before, like, you know, other ports, yeah, like, yours, yeah, because the first game was built as, it was developed as the Dreamcast was being developed. It was yes. going to be a launch title. Um, and then the, the other one, it, that first one took a while to come out in America, and by the time it was coming out in America, like it had just started coming out, um, they were working on the second game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, back to Shadow. Uh, his, his uh, I, I thought this was interesting. His conce- his conception and design were in- uh, influenced by the films Underworld, Constantine, and Terminator. Constantine, Albert, really? Because yeah, I yeah. thought Constantine was like, was it based on anything? The movie? Uh, it's based on Hellblazer, like the comics. Okay. Cause it's just gonna... Keanu Reeves as him for Duh. no reason. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. I just blanked on it because i was like constantine came out in 2005 that, okay but yeah no you're right i forgot there's a comic yeah yeah um but uh well no that, that um that that game came out maybe it's a different constantine then because that game came out that game came out after it though didn't it 
No, the it, it, I remember 2002 for the GameCube. So obviously Sonic Adventure 2 had to come out in the Dreamcast a year before or year. so. Maybe, it's, maybe there's a different Constantine film because that's what it said on the... Don't tell her that we're looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, um, fast forwarding a bit to Sonic Forces. Um, the head of Sonic team, uh, Takashi Izuka, uh, stated that the character creation option for Sonic Forces was inspired by all the fan-made characters he had seen over the years. He wanted to bring that idea into an official Sonic oh, game. Goddamn deviant art. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, that's, an, that, that's an interesting point that's on a, its own. That's a dark, dark section we're going to get into. Oh my god. Um... So then we go to uh, my current favorite Sonic game, which is Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania was de- uh, developed by Christian Taxman Whitehead, a prominent programmer in the Sonic fan game community. His work on his uh, fan game, Retro Sonic, uh, inspired Sega to contact him for the remasters of the original Sonic games for the mobile games for the mobile phone, which was uh, mm-hmm. 1, 2, and CD. Yeah. Uh, there was always there's always that like talk that he needs to finish the trilogy, or the, qua- the quadrology, I guess, Yeah. Uh, to do Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but obviously you know mania came around yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and you know this game used his retro engine yeah so it, it, uh, literally like it, it's it's influenced by fan games which were influenced by it, it, it and we'll get into a little bit more of that later yeah so because that uh, that about covers the main influences of some of the more significant entries of the uh, of the franchise now uh now it's time to talk about what it influenced uh and i think this is also just as interesting as the influences um to, to start, let's talk about other Sonic media, because Sonic has influenced and inspired quite a few things within its own franchise. Um, one of the, f- like, kind of rare occasions of that, I'd say. Um, and uh, for everything from fan creations to uh, non-game installments like comics and cartoons. Um, to start, let's talk about uh, America's uh, version of the canon, of the lore. It's it's odd. Like, it's, it's, it's very odd, and um, I'm writing a Verve article about this. Uh, that's, uh, maybe it'll be up by the time this podcast is out. Uh, yeah, so, so the, uh, America came up with, uh, this version of the backstory because there was disputes between Sega of America and Sega Japan, and they're still going on today. Like, they don't like each other very much. Right. Um, so the, the, uh, Sega Japan didn't give, uh, America any details on this backstory of the game, um, when they were tasked with localizing it. Um, so they developed their own story inspired by elements of the game that they approximated into kind of like this, this lore. Um, this resulted in Dr. Eggman being named, renamed Dr. Robotnik and a backstory that depicted how Sonic got his blue color and how a once kind hearted scientist became Sonic's arch nemesis. Um, one thing that I remember, it might've been one of the video games and it's totally America, like putting it in, um, Robotnik and Eggman are two different people. No, they're the same person. Isn't there like an... It's Ivor Robotnik. It's it, it, so it's it's it, it was Doctor Ovi Kintobor, basically was trying to rid the world of evil using chaos emeralds. Robotnik backwards. Yeah, a, a, a an accident happened and he got hit by like all this chaos emerald energy, which turned him evil and turned him into Doctor Ivor Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the comics, um, there the 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 version of Doctor Robotnik that we see in the cartoon. I, I did a deep dive into the Sonic Wiki for research. Uh, it's pretty nuts. So, um, the, the, the one that we, you remember from the cartoon that was voiced by Jim Cummings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and kind of the, 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 the black pupils and like the more kind of pinhead shape that version was in the comics for quite a bit. And then at a certain point he died and 
it was like retconned that like an alternate version you uh came in and he was the one that more was more in line with the dr eggman see that's what that's what i'm getting at because i think that's how because i remember going through the gallery and sonic there are different people in certain canons but they're the same person in most okay um yeah so that (laughs) uh yeah so um all this was depicted in the sonic bible an internal document at sega of america that developed into what is known as early sonic lore um early sonic uh or early sonic canon i'm sorry uh, uh, early Sonic canon would go on to influence quite a few pieces of non-video game Sonic media, such as the Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, best known as Sonic uh, Sad AM. So one of the m- most noteworthy pieces of Sonic media outside the games was a cartoon simply co- titled Sonic the Hedgehog. Starring Jaleel White. <laughs> God damn it. It's, it's great. I, I like that fun fact. Okay, so, um, however, since it was aired on Saturday mornings, it, was, uh, it has become the... It has become known as Sonic Sat AM. Mm-hmm. Um, though this was an official piece of Sonic media, it varies greatly from the plot and ooh, world of the games. So it would be more accurate to categorize it here as part of the Sonic media inspired by the franchise. Specifically, it was inspired by the Sonic Bible, uh, which introduced the concept of Mobius and Sonic's animal friends. Yeah, um, uh, like all those animal friends, like all the animals you rescue uh, when you're fighting bad nicks and stuff, mm-hmm. um, those were turned into like full characters, like anthropomorphized characters. Right, right. Which is super weird. like when, but Creative, but kind of weird. And the plot centered around Sonic and a group of freedom fighters uh, who fight against Dr. Uh, Robotnik to protect planet Mobius from the villain's evil plans. Yeah. Uh, again, I love this show. Uh, I, I, the theme song is dope, first of all. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, Sonic Underground? Blue Streak speeds by... <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Dude, it fucking rocks. Like, uh, Sonic you ignored, Underground. You ignored Underground. There you no, go. No, Sonic Underground also kind of rocks. It again. <laughs> they were all that, voiced by Jaleel White. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about like these weird like the, these three cartoon series that came out. Uh, What's it's the second like, one. Um, it's Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, right. the comedy series. Right. All three of them are just like you know. I, I give them so much credit for being like, okay, let's take a little bit of this because the games are their own thing. Let's take a little bit of this idea and build it into something different especially Sonic Underground. Like, right. It's such a weird concept. I think, honestly, out of all the video game cartoons to come out, I think Sonic has had much better success than most, if not all, the yeah. video game cartoons. I, like, I'd much rather watch this than, like, the Super the, Mario Brothers. the Super Street Fighter Show. cartoon. Yeah. Oh, God, I, for- I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, so, uh... That leads us into the comics, because the Sonic Sat AM like, plot would serve as the basis and inspiration for the Archie comic series, um, simply titled Sonic the Hedgehog, um, which ran for a record-breaking 290 issues before finally coming to an end in, like, 2017. It was officially... They stopped doing them in January, and then they ended officially in July. Yeah. The, uh, like I said, the setup was similar to Sonic Sat AM, with Freedom Fighters, Mobius, Robotnik taking over the world, so on and so forth. Um, the games would also influence uh, the comics, um, as this, as some of the story arcs adapted um, a- adapted games like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, Sonic Unleashed, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another notable Sonic comic series, a UK comic called Sonic the Comic. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and this was hugely inspired by the Sonic Bible and early Sonic can and the early Sonic canon created, um, depicting Sonic and Robotnik's origins and going on to create a unique world to story from it. Just kind of doing its own thing. Yeah. Um, that leads us into uh, fan creations, which is a big part of like the influence that Sonic has had on the world. Oh, for sure. Um, let's start off with the comics because, you know, we just came off the comics. Let's mm-hmm. jump back into it. Um, so uh, both Archie's uh, Sonic series and Sonic the Comic would go on to inspire a fan continuation of the series titled Sonic the Comic Online and Archie Sonic Online. 
The former continued the series after its cancellation, and the latter continued the story prior to a lawsuit-related reboot. Oh, that that's such a fucking fascinating story. Uh, do you know who Ken Penders is? No. He, uh, You probably recognize his stuff at... Um, the artist alley and comic-con actually you've told me about it but yeah, it's yeah. just like I um he has like a like a like a, la- a lady echidna drawing at um at san diego comic-con every year at our sally and this dude um created a lot of like the main like original characters to the series and a lot of like some of the big plot stuff and stuff like that and um there was a point where he sued archie and sega over the rights to the characters that he created for the comic but basically because of that uh Archie and Sega had to re like do like a soft reboot and keep the keep the issues going but do a soft reboot which deleted basically every character he created and replaced them with like versions or just kind of brought the cast down to a certain so like yeah. all the animals like Sally the squirrel no 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 Sa- Sally Acorn uh and stuff like that were still in there but like stuff like Julie Sue like the Knuckles Echidna like um girlfriend character and and, and a lot of a lot of the Echidna related stuff had to be um oh. taken out yeah yeah, yeah. I, I believe Scourge the Hedgehog was also taken out <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, so um, also worth noting is um, the work of Tyson Hess. Uh, Tyson Hess um, is the artist who did pretty much all Sonic Mania-related um, animations, and he also did Sonic Mega Drive, the comics, and he did some covers and issues for Sonic Archie comics. And you know he got a, he got that job by doing a parody comic because he loves Sonic so much. He did uh, Sonic's Big Fat Adventure, which is fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm Arms of the Fox. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's just interesting to uh, to note that uh, a fan who was inspired by it ended up getting work and ended up uh, you know contributing to the Sonic franchise in a right. very very big way. Um, which uh, that leads us to fan characters. Which do you want to talk about this, Alex? Or I have like a disdain for it. Like I appreciate people like you know well, wanting well, okay. to create their own art. But... Before we get into it, let's talk about it this like this because I think it's actually the first instance of there being a huge fan community of being like I like this series I want to have a version oh, yeah. of it. Yeah. like it, it's one of the first big booms in the internet community and that itself is such a huge like huge impact ripple effect going on it's a on. big sonic boom yeah. <laughs> okay fine I'll give you that one yeah, <laughs> uh, so I mean uh, I even though I mentioned that I have a disdain for it like I just don't like what it rippled out yeah but Again, it's a significant piece of American oh, I pop culture. I believe so, for yes. Sure. Like, for sure. Um, so, as mentioned earlier, fans loved making characters based on the designs and world of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was a huge part of the early internet and still lives on to this day, especially like through DeviantArt and whatnot. And it, I want to say it it probably contributed some way into the furry community, which, yeah. let's not get into that, but it just, like, again, we talk about the influences, and that did have an influence on it. it. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah, of course it did. And this created an influential feedback loop, since, as we said, these fan characters would inspire the cre- uh, character creation option in Sonic Forces, yeah. which, everything I just said aside, I think that's a really cool That's a addition. smart option. Yeah. Especially, like, they just, that, like, that probably got a lot of people to buy the game. Like, I want to play guaranteed. it, and then create Sonic the Hedgehog, so Sonic the Hedgehog can play next to Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> and then, I'm going to call it Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic. <laughs> no, not Sonic. Just Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog, and then have little Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Tails. Go on. <laughs> All right. So um, then there was also a bunch of fan games. Um, it, it's not really worth listing every single one of them, but um, there's just a prominent Sonic fan game community because it was just a very impactful game, especially the early ones. Um, one of these fans was Christian Whitehead, who we mentioned earlier, who helped create Sonic Mania through his Retro Sonic um, engine. Uh, again, another influential feedback loop. He was inspired by the original games, made his own fan games, and then 
uh, that inspired Sega to be like, look, we want you to work on like a retro version of Sonic again. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, then we go to the fan film. Uh, in 2013, a fan film simply titled Sonic was made by Eddie LeBron, the creator behind the Mega Man fan film. It was inspired by the first game in the Saturday morning cartoon as it serves as a prequel for the first game and stars Jaleel White as Sonic, who voices the character across multiple cartoons. Yeah, it, n- nothing really significant about it. Just, again, it's something inspired by, obviously. Exactly. Um, that leads us to Sonic Boom, which, you know, horribly received game, very rushed, very broken game. But um, there is a significant influential uh, piece of it um, because they were inspired by like the the joy and like the the adventure and like the the fun elements people what people loved about Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 Mm -hmm. uh, and they wanted to kind of recreate that by making and you can kind of see what they were going for obviously like an exploratory kind of adventure with a new version of Sonic and his friends yeah And, and again it had a lot of potential I like those designs like I, I, I like mean, a, yeah, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, I, I do see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it had a lot of potential. It, it obviously flopped, but um, it, it had the influence of Sonic Adventure games in there. Is the cartoon still going on? Uh, no, the cartoon ended, but uh, that does lead me to talking about the cartoon. Um, it's such a self-aware cartoon, so you yeah. could easily like point out and say that an influence and inspiration for the series is the kind of, the kind of uh, ridicule and like mimetic humor of... That has been like made out of uh, poor Sonic games, yeah, you know, yeah. bad Sonic games. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like the equivalent. Like, I hate to keep bringing this up. It's like the equivalent of what Teen Titans Go does mm-hmm. to itself. Yeah, like it's it's just ridiculing itself because it knows it's self aware. Yeah, way. yeah, exactly. Um, so that brings us to a previous cartoon before Sonic Boom called Sonic X. Yes. Uh, the Sonic anime Sonic X has a few interesting influences and influential anecdotes. Um, the, it's the only Japanese uh, originating Sonic cartoon, by the way. If you don't count the animation parts in Sonic CD or the Sonic anime movies. Oh, uh, I meant cartoon series, like animated series. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, so the series was initially inspired by other anime, but would later <clears throat> adapt parts of the Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, and Sonic Battle. Uh, Shadow removing his ring inhibitors, a concept seen in Sonic 06, was originally shown in the series and the, and the Gotta Go Fast line has become synonymous with the Sonic franchise, mostly as a source of mimetic humor, originating from the English dub's opening theme of the series, Gotta Go Fast. Also kind of a banger of a gotta song. Gotta Go Fast. Like, I listened to it while I was doing this features. It's kind of a good song. It's a neat song. Anywho, I'm a Sonic fanboy. Uh, no, yeah. No, that no. actually reminded me. blue. I know. It, listen. <laughs> um, so uh, I actually forgot about this when we were talking about our experience. Was I owned that um, Sonic VHS, like the the OVA that they the two OVA uh, okay. episodes that they put into a movie, uh, and that's actually it's a really good movie. It's like the origin of Metal Sonic and how he becomes like a rival yeah, again, and like it's, out of control. It's connected to Sonic CD. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's really cool. Um, yeah, that intro to Sonic CD is really good because I remember like watching that on the Sonic Mega Collection so much. Was the which is why it's a little bit disappointing that like Sonic, Sonic X boom, didn't yeah, yeah Sonic Boom it, Sonic Boom I will give it to Crush Forty their cover that's pretty dope oh okay <laughs> um but yeah so uh, I actually uh, um uh, it, it's so kind of disappointing that Sonic X didn't have that same kind of like fluid Japanese animation that the um that uh, that the Sonic Boom or that the the Sonic CD intro had but yeah. you know and you. That uh, that covers everything that's happened within the Sonic uh, franchise itself that has been influenced by other pieces of Sonic media. Uh, now on to like, uh, other things, starting with uh, other video games that Sonic influenced. Um, a big effect that Sonic uh, had on gaming was that there was uh, a rise in the animal mascots with Attitude games, um, a few appearing to be blatant knockoffs. Uh, some of these games include 
Bubsy, Arrow the Acrobat, uh, Zero the Kamikaze Squirrel, uh, and Radical Rex. Uh, and then there was also Earthworm Jim. Groovy. <laughs> just, I really just wanted to say that. I saw that beforehand. I'm like, I need to say Groovy. Right <laughs> um, Playmates experienced a lot of success with the TMNT toys that they uh, wanted to start. Um, Playmates, uh, the people who made Earthworm Jim, uh, experienced a lot of success with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys that they made. Um, so they wanted to start their own Goofy franchise. Um, something that we actually should have, uh, put in the TMNT episode that they inspired Earthworm, Earthworm Jim. Um, so they, um, uh, inspired by, t- uh, their TMNT success and, uh, Sonic and Sonic 2, uh, they decided to start, um, uh, a new franchise of their own with a video game. God, you ever watched the cartoons for Earthworm Jim? Yeah, I remember, I remember watching so a few episodes. Oh, great. Yeah, they Honestly, are. it was one of the... Aren't I, there a few, like, notable animators who worked on them? I want to say yes, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Like, I know the voice actors, like, were also... It's also a parody, too, of, like, Adventure Game. Like, Princess What's-Her-Face, that's a great name for a princess. (laughs) Like, um, so, yeah, the influence lasted and had an arguably more significant effect on the next generation of gaming um, and consoles because, uh, like, the the developers of Crash Bandicoot and Gex, like, blatantly say Sonic was a huge inspiration on making these animals with attitude characters. It's one of those things where, like, you can go back and uh, read articles about, like, these, the characters you just mentioned before, like, the big list of, like, you know, your Bubsy and whatnot, like, the creators will be like, no, Sonic didn't influence them. Crap, the, you know, Naughty Dog and the people who made Gex, who... I blanks. I'm blanking on who created. I'm sure that. you could track uh, Spyro too somewhere in there, but probably. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like these two characters, like the companies that created these two characters, are like yeah, no, uh, yeah, for sure inspired. Uh, and then we should go into the console wars, which is actually really interesting. Yeah, there's a book about it too. I, I, yeah. I want to read it. I eventually, feel like they're gonna make a movie about it. But I'm not entirely I sure. I think they made a documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so also worth noting is that Sonic's success has a major influence on the had a major influence in the console wars, leading Nintendo to up their game and produce higher quality games with new concepts and ideas. Yeah, like um, some 3D movement stuff uh, for like the Super NES came out because of like Sonic's um, kind of isometric. Or yeah, isometric no, you can stuff, see yeah. it in like games like Super Mario World or like, mm-hmm. I was going to say Donkey Kong Country game, but even then, I think that's a different thing altogether. Donkey Kong Country inspired, and did inspire the Sonic 3D. Like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about character again, where Sonic as a character has inspired... Some similar anthropomorphic animal characters, like the aforementioned Crash Bandicoot, Earthworm Jim, Bubsy, and Gex are a few examples. And uh, also, you know, let's talk about a little bit of cartoons, because the character of Crinkly Winkly in OKKO is a parody slash combinations of Tails and Sonic, serving as a tribute to the franchise. There's also a character called uh, Shadamy? Shadamy? I haven't watched this show as much, but... Uh, <laughs> it's like a background character, but oh. it's really funny. Well, it's a combination of Shadow and Amy that parodies the fanship of the two characters. People yeah. ship them? Yeah. Dude. It, it's Sonic, Wait, no, I, Sonic I, fan I, community okay, online I get the is shipping, a strange but I, place. I didn't know they shipped Shadow and Amy. That's Well, yeah, but like she goes after him thinking he's Sonic at some point, and then it... <laughs> that it, makes it, sense. It's like that, that Bob's Burgers episode. It's like, wow, those two sure are uh, a budding romance. Like, yeah, they sure are standing next to each other. <laughs> that that incorporates every single ship that's ever <laughs> yeah. happened in the history of ever. Um, so um, a big influence that Sonic had was also on the sales of Genesis consoles, because uh, due to the first game's popularity, the game and character were key factors. Sega um, does what Nintendo don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and they had a very good campaign going with that, too. Um, A lot of, like, we're the extreme new version, the cool kid in town, a lot of that kind of stuff. But let's not forget that uh, Paul Rudd was in Nintendo's side. Oh, my God. Do you remember the commercial, the first commercial for the Super NES? That was Paul Rudd. It's Paul Rudd, yeah. Oh, my God. 
Um, yeah, so uh, the first game did so well that, you know, they were outselling Nintendo consoles two to one, and, like, they, they you know, they were making it, they, they were bundling it with the console, and it was just, like, everybody was just buying the console just so they could play Sonic. Like, yeah. that's that's always a significant, like, Granted, that's boom, what Nintendo you know? has been doing for years. Oh, yeah, for, for sure, but, like, I, it, that's just... It still, every time that happens means like, okay, that game is popular enough to get people to buy the goddamn console, yeah. you know, um, when consoles were super expensive and like, you usually had one back then, you know, uh, again, very significant because, you know, you usually either had the Nintendo or had the Genesis. Now some people tend to have one or two consoles yeah. at least, you know, so, um, Nintendo eventually came out back on top after this, you know, the, this small brief period where, um, they were outselling them. But it, it's it's very significant that Nintendo lost the number one spot for a small period of time. Yeah, it's I think it's like it's also because of that that we like, I don't think you mentioned it, but um, it's also Nintendo needing to like make competition. Like they they were looking to compete with Sega, so they because they saw the whole song, like Sega CD mm-hmm. add on, they were contacting people for the CD add on. They contacted Sony. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. It's gonna be it a was Nintendo this ba- PlayStation. Yeah, it was this battle that ended up also creating Sony into not creating Sony, but making Sony go into the game. That uh, is a industry, very significant piece, which yeah. is interesting because who ended up running, you know, S- Sega out of the console market, S- Sony with yeah. the PlayStation yeah. two, they created a monster. <laughs> Nintendo created a monster, but also succeeded in defeating their villain. No, <laughs> like no, no. Uh, Sega created the monster essentially. Yeah. They created their competition, yeah. you know, anyway. So, uh, let's go right onto the internet. Uh, as mentioned, there was a big fan community that spawned from Sonic and the character fans created. Uh, another big effect that Sonic had on the internet was in memes. I assigned you to talk about this because I know how much you love memes. What do you mean? <laughs> god, my veins just stopped like for me saying that. Oh my god. Uh, well, memes like Sonic and images of weirdly shaped Sonic popsicles, there are some examples. Um, let me start over. Memes like Sonic and images of weirdly shaped Sonic popsicles are some examples, and the overall low quality of modern games tend to be a butt of a lot of memes and the internet uh, humor. I yeah. literally just re-showed you the video yeah. of just the hedgehog it's running through Sonic, piano. like modern Sonic games from Adventure to you know Unleashed cool. and like 06 it's... are all just like subjects of ridicule, butt of the joke. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the subject of Sonic's internet impact, we thought it'd be interesting to bring up Game Grumps, which. Um, they have, they, they played Sonic 06 back in the original iteration and with John Tron. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, call it a bit of speculation, but they might not have had as many viewers, at least at the time and subscribers were it not for like that one episode The what is this episode? Like that probably brought in yeah. a lot of people and that in turn, like, like inspired this like fucking years long like interaction between the Sonic Twitter and Aaron Hansen. Yeah. Uh, and the draw the line, in the sand, Line was used um, by the official Sonic Twitter when they were um, doing, like, answering fan questions using the voice actors for Sonic and Eggman. Uh, yeah, and again, that just, like, that went on to, like, be... And that's just part of many, many interactions between Aaron and the Sonic Twitter, like, sending cupcakes. So, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things is just watching them and just just always hearing Danny, like, what are we going to play next, Aaron? It's just, like, you can see Aaron's not excited about oh, another yeah. Sonic game. Every freaking like Sonic playthrough of Game Grumps is just pure gold. It's oh god, it's uh my favorite one is still Sonic one of my favorites is still Sonic Mania where like you can hear like 
Aaron have fun and just Danny like, Aaron, are you having fun playing a Sonic game? I love uh, when that uh, when he admitted on Twitter that he likes, okay, he was like, okay, I admit it. I had fun playing Sonic Mania. And then Tyson Hess, who's also a friend of Aaron's, uh, drew a picture of just like the grumpiest Aaron being hugged by the most adorable <laughs> Sonic. Just like, I love you too. Correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Didn't, uh, you know, Aaron for Halloween dress up as a Sonic? As like a sexy like skirt Sonic. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so great. They have a very interesting relationship, which is, again, just like, that's how weird the influence of Sonic is, is that it has affected just like the the craziest corners of the internet. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, let's just talk about genetics as another weird. Yeah, we get into, now we're getting to some of the weird real world effects of Sonic. Yeah, so um, this is a very strange ripple effect on Sonic of Sonic the Hedgehog, but an interesting one nonetheless. In 1994, scientists discovered a protein of humans in humans called Sonic Hedgehog or SHH that helps uh, in the regulation of limb growth and brain organization. It was named Dr. Robert. It was renamed by Dr. Robert Riddle who was inspired to name it after Sonic when he saw his daughter playing the game. Yeah, it's 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 literally just kind of like a whim based on thing, but it's very interesting. Um, oh, that's one of my favorite things whenever like it gets into science. One of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite things is they discovered uh, organisms or rocks in a different planet, uh, and NASA ended up naming it uh, Space Ghost, Zorak, Brack, and Moltar. <laughs> I forgot about that. And that's so good. And also, there's the one where you hear about Pokemon where like... Oh, yeah. Like it's it kind of like led intended to be like, hey, don't name it that because it was like yeah. a cancerous thing. That oh they no, named that's the a thing actually. Um, oh cool. Yeah, yeah, because um, the Sonic Hedgehog can cause like face tumors. Mm-hmm. So they were like, can you not name it something so like juvenile and 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 kind of like fun sounding? Yeah, yeah there was some controversy around that. But um, interesting enough, there was also a potential inhibitor of this protein um, discovered later, and it was called uh, Robotnik Inin. Uh, after Dr. Robotnik, because um, it, it's essentially the nemesis of the Sonic Hedgehog protein, yeah. which is kind of cute. Um, and then uh, it, it, Sonic has also gotten made his way into the fashion world, um, aside from, you know, obviously... You sound a little like Weird Al there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta say. Um, Sonic made his way into the fashion world as well, um, aside from, you know, companies making copies of his shoes, merch and, and t-shirts based off of him, you know, pattern shirts and, and whatnot. There was also a fashion designer named uh, uh, Carrie Munden who stated uh, her 2007 fashion show was inspired by Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, she genuinely loved the character and game and like the early games and thought they were uh, iconic and cool and like really loved their style and their kind of 80s, 90s pop art style. Yeah. Um, specifically the color palette of Green Hill Zone can be seen in the pieces worn by the models in her 2007 showcase. And one of those models was Sonic the Hedgehog. They got a guy in a mascot suit. Sega approved of all of this to let a guy walk down the aisle in the Sonic mascot costume wearing like um, like something like a melting eye pattern t-shirt. It's very interesting. Interesting, huh? Yeah. They had to, they had to specifically tailor it for the Sonic tummy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, one thing that we forgot to mention... Uh, it also influenced toys in a bit because, like, I've seen toys of uh, Hello Kitty <laughs> dressed up as Sonic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's it's a quick little thing before we go into the next thing. It, but, but again, that's just the the result of them making a mascot. They succeeded one hundred percent. They succeeded. It's like Sanrio was like, oh, let's let's hang out with yeah. this guy. Uh, but let's go into music because Sonic, both his music and the franchise, have also made their way into Sonic culture or music culture, Sonic culture, music culture, all of it. <laughs> so let's just go into music because Sonic. Uh, both his music and the franchise have also made their way into music culture. There's also, you know, a lot of small examples, but 
Some noteworthy entries include Drake sampling the song His World from Sonic 06's soundtrack for his song KMT, a collaboration with Giggs. Super interesting to me when I, when I found that out. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, we'll talk to, like, music in, like, afterwards, but I just was watching a video for Did You Know Gaming about music, and, uh, and like, I assume you saw it, right? It was the more they talked about how Childish Gambino used Donkey Kong Country, like, music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. Uh, that aside, though, there's a song by A Day to Remember titled You'll Be Tales, I'll Be Sonic. No real mention of the ga- the game in it, but just, like, significant that, Obviously, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Starbomb Songs, uh, Sonic's Best Pal is a parody. Game Grumps. <laughs> it's a parody of uh, Sonic and Tails, de- uh, depicting the latter as much darker and much more insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yo, fuck your ring, Sonic. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the one final thing about music? Because we didn't mention it, but your favorite band... Oh, Crush 40 is really cool, guys. <laughs> no, um, that's it. No, no. Uh, I mean, I don't think they have really any cultural impact except for kind of like they. What about the concerts that they play in? Like all their the fans. Kinda, like, oh yeah, they, they 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 end up paying, playing a lot of concerts anywhere like video game and uh, and or Sonic like convention related uh, related conventions. Um, and then I guess kind of the one thing that they really did influence was like they're, they're also Smash Mouth. <laughs> no, they're also probably kind of part of the internet culture because like some of their song lyrics end up being part of like memes and stuff. Again, going back to uh, the City Escape one, uh, the rolling around the speed which is of sound. A I jam. was which I is was, a jam. I was part of a 4chan thing. It was like one of my only things that I've ever done on 4chan. Like someone said, "All right, we're all gonna get together and we're all gonna record ourselves singing this song," and. The videos out there, I'm there singing, you know, young me just singing. Is it along. everybody's voice just like mashed together? Yeah. Oh, that's and then there's like there's crazy. like pop-ups where like like text and all over the like the video. And it still has my favorite quote, um, you know, going around the seat of speed of sound, got places to do them, gotta follow my own rainbow, gotta follow my rainbow, and then just someone popped up was saying, I'm gonna follow my own goddamn rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um that about covers it. It, like I said, did you think this was like a lot of this was super interesting when you read it? I honestly, yeah, it's like I've known a lot about these things. It's I don't know, like I feel it could have gone more. Honestly, like specifically on some subjects, like um, like the console war, I think would be so interesting. Yeah, but I, I almost want to say that that's its own topic. I didn't want to delve too deep into it. No, so. no, I understand. It's, yeah, but like you said, it, this is a very interesting topic. I didn't when you pitched it to me. They you want to do a Sonic episode? I was like. All right, I'll let you do your thing because you clearly love Sonic. But going into this, you know, reading all this, spouting it out from my mouth hole, I realized, oh, this is like really interesting. Yeah, and there's even more. His like, there's there's two things that like, if we ended up just doing like kind of hit just just history stuff, not influence specific stuff. I really want to talk about the console wars, like you said, which which in itself probably could end up being an influential like related episode. Yeah. But then also about Sega of Japan and Sega of uh, of America's like bitter rivalry, like for decades, there's yeah. some there's some animosity. Going I mean, because isn't them. it like like Sonic of uh, Sega of Japan was like trying to put all these add-ons in Sega of America was like, wait, wait, no, you, we're not going to sell this. We're not going to sell this. It, it's it's a lot of just like it. I wouldn't even maybe it's not right to call it a rivalry or anything like that. It's almost just more about like again, we have different marketing tactics in America. Mm-hmm. Versus how they market things it's in Japan. It's literally how Marvel is like currently like handling their own TV and movie stuff. Where yeah. Kevin Feige and Jeff Loeb like don't like each other, yeah. but they're forced to work with one another. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, too, the 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 kind of budding ideas and forcing to compromise sometimes ended up 
working in its favor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, th- those are two things I would end up kind of wanting to talk about. Maybe maybe in the future as bonus episodes or something. Um, but uh, I, I think the overall impact of Sonic is something that's really important to talk about. Um, Sonic's cultural influence, like I said, really weird, but very vast. Um, and the first game really changed video games. Like, it pe- pe- Wasn't it just like uh, inducting to the video game Hall of Fame? Like that's a new thing. That Not just, do. but re- recent-ish. It, yeah, it was yeah. obviously after Mario, after Zelda, like yeah. after, you know. Um, so yeah, like it changed video games in terms of how they're programming, in terms of how the industry is run. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 you know, it affected the console wars. Um, it, it changed how video game companies approached the technology limitations that they had. Because they worked, they made that game super fast with like, it only it's only on like a four megabit, like da- like like a uh, cartridge. Yeah, and an eighth of that is the Sega sound bit. Anyway, so um, various games in the series have been groundbreaking in some way. Yeah. Um, even so, even the shitty ones, like Sonic Adventure, has like is 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 one of the more significant like three D platformers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, just the character in general is a pop culture icon, a pop culture uh, stone thrown in or a stone thrown into the river of uh, the lake of pop culture ripple effects it just had a huge impact like right. I, I think that's something we have to remember too it's just like sonic the hedgehog might be kind of a joke now but he is one of the most influential i, th- I think pieces, the, the me, most, like characters and franchises. the most ever. interesting is thing for me is like how how fast like everything like happened and mm-hmm. like we we talk about the 90s we have to remember sonic is basically the 90s and we have to yeah. like talk about everything that happened in the span of 10 years you know yeah you know characters like mickey mouse and mario don't get to this level so fast yeah and you know no pun intended but obviously sonic got there at amazing speeds. they flew too high essentially yeah. yeah uh exactly like it's one of those things where like how fast like did the cartoon come out after the, the first game uh the first game was 1991 uh the the first cartoon came in 1992 exactly yeah. like it's like, how long did it take Mario? Like, how many games? It was after the third one, basically. Yeah, N- Nintendo definitely likes to keep their shit, like, streamlined and clean-cut to just video games. Mm-hmm. And Sonic was just like, no, 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 we got a mascot. We're going to use it. We got a him. franchise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, even to the point where, like, most uh, mascots, after the fact, after Sonic, they were like, mm, let's not do this, because that's why we don't have a Crash Bandicoot cartoon. Yeah. <clears throat> that's why it took years for Spire to become a franchise with Skylanders. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just... It, it just didn't, you know, people saw Sonic becoming a franchise way too fast. And it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, this is terrifying. And, and in doing so, ended up influencing a lot of things, like, mm-hmm. significantly. It, it's just, it's all, it's one of the most interesting episodes I've done, we've done, I think. Yeah. You know. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. No? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, fast. I mean, <laughs> the one thing that I want to ask you, as I always ask, um, what is your favorite Sonic game? Um, that is a good question, honestly. Um... I, I have a few ones where I'm just like, I'm glad that these were made. Like Son- Sonic Unleashed was like, okay, they did something new. I give that so That's much credit. That's the Werehog one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the one that you said um, Pro Jared. Uh, no, not Pro Jared. Uh, the Completionist, sorry. Um, uh, you said like he, you agree with some of his points when he defends it. Yeah. Yeah, because, and I give it that too. They, they tried a lot of things. Um, I remember loving Sonic Heroes. Uh, I'm really trying to think of one that I, I I really enjoy. I'm honestly more about the character in the comics, the old Archie comics. Mm-hmm. I was really really into. Um, I but think I only ever picked up one issue of the comic. 
Um, I, I don't know. That that is a good question. Um, I, I'd say if I had to like choose, like you can even choose your like three like ones that you can go to. Okay. Th- yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I've done that um, before with uh, with another subject where like I don't know what it was, but yeah. Sonic Generations. I never beat it, but I I remember having a ton of fun. Is that the one? We, the first one where they crossed over? Yeah. Okay. So you know, I I don't think I have to beat a game to to like it. So no. I I just remember having a lot of fun. I never beat it, which you know I'm I'm disappointed in myself for, but. Um, Sonic Generations is great. Um, you know, I almost, I gotta say Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, because... I mean, I'm not blaming you. Grind like racing, grind racing with, with friends was, like, my childhood. <laughs> what about Chow, the Chow Garden? Oh, and the Chow Garden. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Getting to kick the Chow until it became an evil Chow. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another top, like, no particular order, um, has to be probably, uh, Maybe one of the handheld ones. Um, God, I'm trying to think of what games I've actually beat. Um, probably. Just see Sonic Spinball so I can go next. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, you only said it so you could duck. Um, I don't know. It's, it's all... It, it's... It's all a blur. Yeah. It's all a Sonic blur. <laughs> probably, probably the two Sonic Adventures and then Sonic Generations are probably my three favorites. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, like, like I mentioned before, Sonic Battle was like really fun for the game boy i Sonic battles it. fun but i don't know, uh, even know if i'd call it a sonic game because there's no actual running element to it you know, oh no no, speed no, no. Stuff, it's, yeah. it's all battles and i think that's what i liked about it yeah, yeah. um i was also a huge fan of uh, clearly i've talked about it already i love sonic mania because mm-hmm. i like i was thinking to myself like oh i could just say sonic 2 or sonic 3 and knuckles or sonic cd but then sonic uh mania is just an amalgamation of everything that was amazing about those first four yeah um and then you know I do like Sonic Adventure 2. I like Sonic Heroes. I think I'm going to go with... I mean, it's it's hard to choose. It's hard to answer my own question with like my top three. I think for the lack... for Because of lack of time, um, I'm going to say I, I just really like Sonic heroes let's go let's go with heroes because you already mentioned battle yeah. two um i wanted to or say i can cheat and say sonic mega collection <laughs> i mean yeah i mean no I, i'm gonna go with heroes yeah but I, I think my favorite pieces of sonic media were like when i was really into the comics as a kid where like i would go to a bookstore every week to get the new issue i think that's a very very fond piece of memory mm-hmm. you know uh and then the same thing goes for uh the current sonic comics they're very good they take yeah. place after sonic forces yeah, I just I, I remember going to a bookstore and then buying you know a Sonic comic and I was like, oh, it's a cool purple cover. I don't know what it's rarely about. ever collected in trade, sadly. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like and Archie hasn't done who who owns the rights to it now? Uh, the, it's still licensed to IDW, but um, they can still publish reprints of Archie of the Archie ones. I think. Yeah, because I think that's what they're doing with the Buffy uh, comics. Yeah, because I, I there was a point where I was trying to catch up with uh, where I remember leaving off with um, with Comicsology. But yeah. because I think they started doing comics all actually trades, but not physical trades. So I was like trying to get to the point where after like I would have to buy five issues at a time to kind of make my own trade. And then, and then you would catch up to a point where it would be on trades actually. But I never got to that point. I got bored with it. Not, I mean, not bored, it, but I just it, got... It just seems yeah. very like we've grown past the comics too. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's still a big part of my, my childhood for sure. Like Sonic is people's childhood. Our generation's childhood for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, one yeah. of those things like though I will... As a kid growing up, I also realized like oh, it's an animosity against like against Nintendo if you have a Sega system. So I was like, eh, I'm gonna stick with this system. Yeah, something that I wouldn't change until I was 20 when I got a PS3. So yeah. uh, you know what? It was actually <laughs> I there's something I forgot to mention. In my experience, I think, is a good kind of cute place to end. Um, 
like Sonic was a big part of my friendship with my friends in uh, elementary and early middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them who I still are friends with today, but like we were like the best of friends in elementary school and we love playing Sonic. Like we would make our own, we would make our own characters oh, and we'd pretend, to, yeah, we would draw them, <laughs> we would draw them and we would pretend to be them at lunch and stuff like that. Um, and, and you know, we all had like the same games. We'd borrow the games from each other. We would, we would copy each other's save files to beat certain parts. I take it back. Sorry. Uh, let's go back. Uh, my third favorite Sonic game is on the Sonic Dreams Collection. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like like I said, kind of a cute way to send off is just like it's very much like a piece of my childhood, and I, I think that's that that speaks to the influence of Black. I, I think the the one memory that I have is like I think Sonic was the first time I won at a at a crane game. Oh. Because I, I got a little Sonic plushie my first time. Nice. Or not my first time playing crane game, obviously, and like never winning, but it was like my first time out of Danny's like. You know, just going for the Sonic and like going for getting the Sonic through his necklace, mind you. I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I, I won a Sonic and I took him with me to Disneyland. Nice. Because like we were on our way to Disneyland, we stopped at Denny's for food, got Sonic and took him to Disneyland with me. Aw. Um, that about does it. Um, please tell us if we missed anything or if there's anything you'd want us to like follow up with uh, uh, by tweeting at us uh, at InfluenzaPod. Um, and then uh, follow me and tweet at me at uh, Sean eight your son S E A N number eight you are son. Uh, that's me on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Follow me on Twitter under uh, Lex Guilar. You know, uh, you know, L E X G U I L A R. That's my Twitter handle. But if you want more fun, because in that website I just post a lot of pop stuff. <laughs> if you want more fun, um, go to my Instagram underscore trailer underscore swift underscore trademark ignore the trademark it's underscore trailer underscore swift underscore because it's my favorite that was a roundabout ass way to get your social media i know Uh, so okay so uh thank you for listening um please you know rate subscribe tell uh, people about us and let us know if we miss anything and uh thanks again sonic says don't put kids in the dryer sonic says